Come on. Let's give glory to Jesus. Come on. Man. Man, I resonate so deeply with that part of that I thank God that he picked me up. Like he turned me around. Like he did it. Like he literally saved me from myself, from my sin, from my selfishness, from my instinct. Like he saved me. Like it's not like one day. It's like, no, he has made me a new person. And I'm here to stir us up tonight, guys. I'm here to stir us up to a life that is fully devoted and better yet, unionized with Jesus. When I mean a union, I mean like a a full-on connection with the God of the universe. And so I so resonate with that song, like that weary soul that couldn't find, like it's just a weary soul. That that was me growing up, right? I went to girls, I went to porn, I went to all of the, the counterfeit comforts of life to find out who I was and to find comfort. That is just, that is just that's breaking off tonight in Jesus' name. It's breaking off the, the lies, the fog in our minds, the fog of who Jesus is, the fog of I have all these questions. Literally, you can get all of your questions answered by seeing Jesus. But the problem is, is that too many people are too proud to look. The problem is, is that too many people have an idea of Jesus from their upbringing, from TV, from news, or from their Christian school, and they've never actually seen Jesus for who he is. They've been clouded by pain. They've been clouded by their own sin. They've been clouded by all these factors. We've been clouded from Jesus. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that the devil has blinded the eyes of people. It doesn't say that like it doesn't say that you're not smart enough. It doesn't say that you didn't come from the right family or you're the right ethnicity. It doesn't say any of these things. It says the devil is blinding you. Because he knows one thing. He is a liar. Number 1, he's the father of lies and he knows one thing that if you get a glimpse at Jesus, you'll never be the same. He knows one thing is if you let Jesus in the deepest parts of your life and come to him with a poor spirit, come to him broken, come to him with saying that, God, I just want, I don't even know you or know about you. I know a little bit about you, but I want more. I want all of you. If you'll have a mindset, a heart that just says, I'm done with the skepticism, I'm taking and put all my chips in. If we'll do that, God cannot resist it. If he, the devil knows that if you and I see Jesus, it's game over for the kingdom of darkness, not just for you, but for your whole family, for your whole friend group, for everyone. And he knows that once you see Jesus, it is only a matter of time till your depression It is only a matter of time till those panic attacks. It is only a matter of time till your addictions. It is only a matter of time when you see Jesus that all those things fall off. And the devil, who's the father of lies, would like to tell us, hey, 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 just take a little little shower, 
okay? I know you're stinky. Take a little shower, and then, you know, you'll get dirty. Okay, yeah, come to church. Just get a little clean. You know, do a little bit of worship, and then you'll go back into your old lifestyle. He, he likes to play this game and deceive us to where we can, we can clean off a little bit by going to church, reading the Bible, praying, maybe listen to a YouTube sermon, but then we go back and we get dirty, and he likes to play this game where you're in and you're out, and you're in and you're out, and you're skeptical, and then you're all in. And, and he knows this one thing. The devil does. That if we see Jesus, that if we truly put our faith in him, everything, it's only a matter of time, friends, till everything is consumed. Everything. A year and a half ago, I was in a prayer meeting, and the Lord gave me this phrase. Somebody look this up for me. Somebody help me. I need some help. Look up the, the verse where it says, I know it's in 1 Corinthians, and you've got to yell it to me. It's the verse where it says, uh, when we meet him face to face, that he'll burn everything up. He'll burn up all of our bad works with a consuming fire. Somebody, that, that sounds like a guess. I need to know. Okay. <laughs> Somebody look it up on your phone. Let's see if he's Jared's right. Yeah, it's in 1 Corinthians 3. Okay, I'll read this and I'll show you what, what I feel like the God show me, okay? First Corinthians 3, verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's the rock, the foundation. We built everything upon Jesus Christ. Our morality our direction, our calling, our future, our marriage, our relationships, our everything is laid on the foundation of Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, if you, build, if you add anything to the foundation of Jesus Christ, that's what it's saying, their works will be shown for what it is because the day, that's judgment day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, this is not a figurative fire. On that day when we meet Jesus, when your heart stops beating and the judgment day comes, we will stand before Jesus. And there will be fire where he burns up the works of our lives. The day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. The fire of God on judgment day will test your works. Not whether you earned salvation, but the life that you lived after seeing Jesus. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. There are a lot of people who live their lives and when they get to heaven, all of their works will be burned up because it was not done on the foundation of Jesus Christ. They will still get into eternity, but it will be burned up. Even though only as one escaping through the flames, giving this imagery that you are barely making it. The one who escapes barely makes it. Listen, I am here as just... Not as a pastor, I am here as an ambassador saying, don't make it by the skin of your teeth. 
Don't wait for the day that you die or maybe you're on your deathbed before you say, am I saved? Don't wait for that day. Do not wait another second. And if you are someone that says, well, I already live for Jesus, I'm coming to you next. Because this message is for everyone. Don't you know that you, yourselves, are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is, a sa- is sacred, and you together are that temple. <laughs> this is the revelation that God showed me in the heart cry of my life the last year and a half. I was in a prayer meeting, and God gave me this phrase just to pray. Burn everything up that would burn when I meet you face to face. I don't want any scraps. I don't want anything. Burn every dead work. Burn every selfish motive. Burn every piece of my life up with an unquenchable fire that will burn when I die. Burn it all, God. I got nothing hidden, nothing holding back. Burn it up. Turn up the heat in my life. That was my prayer. And I'm giving that to you as a heart cry for our lives. To not be people who settle, not be people who hold back, not be people who live double lives. Not to be, I'm not calling us to be people who are perfect. I'm calling pe- us to be people who are humble and who are poor in spirit. You guys, I promise you, when we humble ourselves before God, this is what it says in Matthew 23. I'll get there. I'm not finding it. I had it underlined and I'm not finding it. Let me see if I'm the right place. Must have the wrong reference. I'm sorry, guys. Somewhere in Matthew. (laughs) It says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The only requirement, the only thing that God asks of us, not good works, not good motives, not the right family, not a clean life. He doesn't ask anything of us other than that we be humble. That is hitting some of you very hard. Humility is the secret ingredient to God's heart. Matthew 5 says, The poor in spirit, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is referencing all full access to all that God is and to all that who he is and to all the benefits that come from being with and in relationship with him. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That means it's it's communicating to us a type of mentality that I have nothing to offer. 
I have nothing to offer you, God, all of my skepticism, all of my sin. If anything, everything that I am, God, opposes you. And yet, God, I, who am broken and poor, God, I'm coming to you as a beggar. And I'm saying, God, I want my life to be in your hands and not my own. And I don't know how you're going to say it. Maybe not like me. But the mentality and the heart posture is the only thing that grants us access to God. You don't need to know as much. You don't need to know anything. You need to have the heart posture. God cannot resist it. If you will do that, if I will do that, he takes care of everything. But if we are people who are proud and arrogant... God will be distant to us and from us, not because he doesn't want to be close, but because he cannot touch pride. It is the antithesis, the opposite. Is it a contradiction to who he is? But our culture, our parents, our world will, will, will fuel the ego and the pride that we have. And I'm here as a, as a man who's just humble, and I've been, God's been gracious enough to me to give me this platform and to give me an understanding of the scriptures to say, do not be proud in your pride. Let it go. You don't, do not be wise in your own eyes. God, <laughs> Isaiah 66 says this. Are you guys ready for this? Are you, are you guys ready? Is this section ready? Are you ready for this? What about this section? Are you guys ready for this scripture? You guys, this is like God's word. Culture will tell you it's not reliable. It's written by man, a bunch of errors, written by people who do not submit to God. Why would we ever listen to someone who is proud? Why would we ever listen to an objection from someone who rejects our Jesus? Why would we ever? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came, and it says the scriptures are God's word. They're inspired by him. And it says they have the power to pierce our soul, dividing joint from marrow, soul from spirit. It is so precise that it will cut past everything that you think you know and hit to the core of who you are. Some of y'all have never been preached at like this. I'm not mad. Isaiah 66, verse 2. These are the ones I look on with favor. I'm not talking about big bank account, big house, nice car, nice purse. Favor with God is not material blessing. (sighs) Favor with God is knowing him. Favor with God is knowing the one who has access to everything. There's an American prosperity gospel in our culture that tells you that God will bless you if you just live for him. God doesn't owe you anything. He actually gave everything. Who are we to go to God and think that we don't have to give everything when Jesus laid down his life for us? These are the ones that I, this is God, I look on with favor. Those who are humble. God does not look up to Jeff Bezos. God does not look up to Kanye. God does not look up to Brad Pitt. God does not look up to Justin Bieber. He does not look on them with favor. 
He does not respect any president, any leader. He does not respect any source of power or money. He respects them this much. And on the contrary, it says that he will bring them to their ruin if they do not repent. But we living in America think that they have it made. Listen, I want favor with him. I want to know him. Because remember on that day, 1 Corinthians 3, everything will be burned up. Every one of the planes, every one of the purses, every pair of shoes, everything will be burned up when we meet Jesus. These are the ones that I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Listen, if we want to tremble, Isaiah 66 verse 2, tremble at God's word. These are the ones that God shows favor to. You guys, God is calling a generation to himself. He's not calling you into ministry. He's not calling you into another state. He's not calling you anywhere. He is calling you and I to himself to set our life apart that we might see our generation saved. Listen, nobody has hope in this generation Everyone is saying America is falling. It's only because you value democracy and prosperity. God is doing a move in our generation. And he's saying, who's humble? Who's humble? I'll show them my favor. I'll grow that church. I'll save those people. I'll deliver those demons. I'll deliver people from depression. But you have to be humble. He's doing it. He's calling you to him. Who wants that? Who wants to know God? I don't mean know about him. I don't mean having the, me- the, the answers memorized from Moana. I don't mean knowing about a cultural representation of Jesus. I mean like having relationship with him. Like when you pray, it's not a task. When you pray, it is like, it is everything to you that you like, that I know him. That like the creator of the universe decided, like it says in 1 Corinthians 3, to make me his holy temple. Like, oh my gosh, like when I go into my room and I pray, I'm just like, God, like you know me. And I smile and I'm just full of peace. And even though I still have problems and I still have sin, but God, you still chose me. I'm yours. You guys, this is what I pray like. I'm not putting on a show. I'm holding back from what I do because I, I know him. And I'm not satisfied with church. I'm not satisfied with worship sets. I'm satisfied when I see a generation who is called unto him, unto Jesus, unto him that says when culture pulls me one way, I'm not even pulled because I don't fear man. I fear God and I've seen him. You guys, if we'll grasp this tonight, we're going to have a time of ministry in about 10 minutes where it's going to be you and God, no one else. It's going to be me and God, no one else. And he is looking for those that are humble. He's looking for those that will lay aside everything to say, I want my life to be synchronized, to be full of you. (sighs) Full of you, God.
Our series has been on Church Has Left the Building, which is about living out the gospel. Listen, I felt this so strongly. There cannot be a move of God. There cannot be revival. There cannot be moves of God happening if it doesn't happen in our hearts. So many people pray for revival out of wanting to feel something on the outside, to see something, to be a part of something bigger than yourselves. Listen, guys, if we know him, we are a part of something way bigger than ourselves. And knowing him leads into evangelism. Let the transformation take place in your heart when no one is looking and God will reward you in the open. You need to contend for a move of God in your sphere of influence. But you need to contend even harder that God remove any wicked way in you. We need to pray even harder that we would know him in the places of our hearts, that we would open up every door to our life, that we might give God full access to our life. The church has left the building. It's all about Jesus getting in his temple. It is about us realizing who's in us and loving the one who saved us. You, it, I can't even, I don't know how to say this other than when you meet and encounter Jesus and yield and give to him, like all of who you are, evangelism is automatic. It is automatic. You still might experience fear or doubt, but your compassion and heart for people will not come from your own compassion. It will come from the heart of God, the same God who sent his son to die on a cross to raise from the dead because he could not stand at not being with his creation, mankind. You see, you think you're compassionate. Our culture thinks we're compassionate. Social justice, marches, standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves. It's all selfish. Oh, man, what do you mean? They're doing good things. They might do, be doing good things. It is all for the wrong reasons. The only way that we can evangelize and love our world correctly is if we are in relationship with God. I'm asking us tonight, if we want to see, or I should say it this way, if we want to know God, it's so easy. God's grace is enough but you have to be willing to pay the price. Hopefully I can find this verse. Then Jesus said to his disciples, this is Matthew 16, verses 24 through 27. There's a same, it's a similar account. I like this one a little better. There's a similar account in Mark 8. It's the same account. Matthew 16, verse 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple, disciple meaning just someone who learns from God or from Jesus, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, pick up their or take up their cross, and follow me. You see, what it costs you to know God is selfishness. What it costs you to know God is your reputation, having control over it. What costs us to know God is to lay down our pride and be humble. You cannot, we cannot hold on to our life. Let, let me read this. 
take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, who wants to be saved? I want to be saved. When I die, I want to be with Jesus. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. If we try to save our lives in our own wisdom, we will lose our life. But whoever loses their life for me, whoever loses their life for me, will find it. The true life that we all crave and desire, the true life that we've been searching our whole lives for, and that we've been going to counterfeit sources like relationships and sex and pornography and drugs and witchcraft, all the counterfeit sources that we've thought we could find life. Let me ask you this question. What has your old life ever done for you? What has it ever done for you? Besides leave you lonely, depressed, rejected, only to look for the next thing to satisfy you. If you want to, but whoever loses their life for me will find their life. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit or lose their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his, in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. The second time you've heard that tonight. That he will come. Jesus is going to return. You cannot earn your salvation, but he will judge us according to the works of our life. The most important, not work, but the most important decision is, are we... Or do we have faith? And have we placed our faith and we placed our lives in the work of Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection? And everything after that will be what will be burned up or what will be retained after this life. I want to end this time. By end, I mean I got five minutes left. By John 17. This will actually be on the screen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read the entire chapter, actually. This is Jesus' prayer at the end of his life. His last prayer. We don't have many of his prayers, but this is one of them. Father, you can read along on the screen with me. The hour has come. He's just about to die, guys. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given. Now this, look at verse 3, guys. Now this is eternal life. That they can go to heaven one day. No, it's not eternal life. See, so many of us are waiting for eternal life when we die. And it's just not the right thinking. It says here that eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is not a destination. It is literally the life and work of Jesus that is here. God's prayer for us is not that we would go to heaven one day, 
but that we would have saving faith in Jesus so that we can know him now. To know him. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus is God. Before the world began, he was and he is. He is the I am. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. Will we accept his words? They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Jesus is praying for us. I'm not praying for the world, but for those, have, uh, for those you have given me, that they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. He's praying that we may be one as they are one. He's praying that you would know God the way that Jesus knew the Father. He's not praying that you clean your life up. He's praying that you would know God in the deepest places of your soul and that everything in you would be filled with who he is. He's not praying that you make it by the skin of your teeth and that you're saved by fire. He's praying that you would be ones that everything would be burned up in this life through repentance and yielding to God. Verse 12. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Speaking of Judas. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world. So that they may, know, uh, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. <coughs> Jesus is praying that we would have the full measure of joy full measure of joy, not from mustered up extrovertedness or mustered up faking, but from being one and to know him, the father and the son who he, who he sent. I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. They are not of the world any more than I am of the world. <laughs> you guys, once we start reading the scriptures, we realize that the sky is the limit. We can have full integrity before God and live a life of fullness and, and sanctification and purity. Verse 15, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world. <laughs> His prayer is not that we would stay in the church. Don't take them out. But that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am of it. I love this part. Sanctify them. Sanct, which just, just means purify them. 
Eliminate sin. Root out every sinful way in them. Root out every sinful way in them. By the truth, your word is truth. (laughs) As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, Jesus speaking, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. This part gets me right here, guys. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He's praying for you. He's praying for you. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I told you, evangelism flows from connection to God. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. (laughs) I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me or love them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Verse 25, righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself maybe in them. The desire of Jesus and the desire of God the Father and the desire of Holy Spirit is to know you. Every broken piece, every sinful way, it is to know you and what favor, the favor of the Lord is that he wants to know us. And all that's required is humility. Can I have Tiffany and Josh? You can guys come up. We're going to go into a time of time of prayer, reflection of our hearts, and a time of, of expressing faith in Jesus. My challenge to us, I'm going to invite you to stand up and I'm going to, I'm going to challenge every one of you to move, not now, but when I tell you to move to a location. Stay towards the front. Don't go in the back. If you're in the back, I challenge you, get up front. You don't have to come to the middle. You can go to the sides. Move. Move from your seat. Jesus desires to know you. He literally came from heaven to earth to pay the price for our sin in order that we may know him and have a relationship with him. And all it takes is humility. All it takes is humility. And I sense even now that the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God, is tugging on your hearts now. For some of you, he's tugging on your heart because you grew up in church and you know the story, but you never met the person and you feel him drawing you to know, to know him. And to give him your life tonight. 
If that's you, once I, once I dismiss you to the front, come to the front. For some of you, you don't really know God. You don't really know about God. It's a new concept. But there's something inside of you that is saying, I want to know God. Be humble tonight. Get on your knees and just say, God, I want to know you. I want to be close to you and see what God does. Some of you have seen and you are living for God. And I'm going to challenge you to pray a similar prayer tonight. Burn everything up. That'll burn when I meet you face to face. Others have dealt with witchcraft, Ouija boards, crystals, and all sorts of other spiritual things. And tonight, for you especially, the Holy Spirit of God is going to reveal himself to you and show you that every other spirit is inferior. And I'm telling you, you come to this altar, Holy Spirit of God will reveal the real thing. Once you read the real thing, every other thing is exposed. I'm telling you guys, if we'll seek God, we will find him. If we seek him with all of our hearts. You guys can start playing if you're ready. I'm going to invite you guys, everyone, to stand up. I don't want you to run. I don't want you to be showy. Just at the count of three, I'm going to count, and I want you to get to your spot. Get to your spot that you're going to go meet with God, where you're going to go get real and be humble, maybe for the first time in a long time, the first time in your whole life, or the first time today. <laughs> and the count of three, just go find your spot. There's no rush. One, two, three, go find your spot. Remember, stay towards the front. If you're in the back, if you gotta go, you gotta go. I wouldn't go if I were you. <laughs> if you need to worship with the worship team, do that. At some point, I'm going to call us all forward. Just be ready for that. It won't be anytime soon. I'm going to invite us to corporately do this. This is this individual thing, but it's just as much a corporate thing. I'm going to close your eyes. There is no secret. There is no magic word that catches God's ear. The only thing that catches his attention is those who are poor in spirit, who are humble, and who tremble at his word. And I'm going to ask you to give yourself to that tonight. Don't, do not hold back. Do not hold back your tears. Do not hold back your bodily expression. Do not hold back from God tonight. He has been waiting for this moment for some of you. 
for years. Let him in. I'm going to pray a prayer, then the band is going to sing and press in, lean in, reach up, reach up to God, reach up in your inner person, get low and humble before him as you reach up. Desire God more than anything. Die to yourself tonight. Lay every selfish way at the foot of the cross tonight. I want you to focus right now on the music, on the, on the guitar playing. Focus on it. Focus on the sound. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We give you the leadership of this time, Holy Spirit. Invade. Flip tables, Holy Spirit. Flip idols, Holy Spirit. We invite you. Have your way.